When is a truly awe-inspiring moment born? One that captures our imagination and takes hold of our emotions. It's born from grandeur, from spectacle. And it's in that moment when time seems to stop that we hold our breath and a legacy begins. Through resilience that's unmatched and an audacity that's unwavering. Through uncontrollable ferocity and an unyielding fortitude. Through an immeasurable greatness and a will that's unbreakable. Tonight, at this global event, this universal stage, whose storied past is rivaled only by the promise of an even bigger future. Millions will watch from around the world, waiting, anticipating for that next breathtaking moment. The stage is set. The time is now. History is at hand. This is WrestleMania. Hey everybody, welcome back to Review-O-Mania. My name is Rob. I'm back with Zach. Yo. How is everybody? It is a new year. 2021 is upon us. We have made it through 2020, Zach. Have we? Have we really? We have made it. It is now 2021. We have numerous things to look forward to. Hopefully a better year. I don't know. Maybe June. Are you sure are you sure it's not Christmas Eve and we're it's still 2020? <laughs> you son of a bitch. How dare you ruin the whimsy and the magic? <laughs> God damn it, Zach. Uh, no, I am sure it is 2021. <laughs> uh, we are back with WrestleMania 29. Woo-hoo. Not in 2021 or 2020. In WrestleMania 29, it was 2013. That was a good year. Was it? Well, like, for me, anyway, uh, 2013 was the year that I went to Japan so like rub, I was rub it in a little in. more you little fucker <laughs> <laughs> so like um yeah so, th- so as i was watching this i was also preparing for my trip because it was happening in july that year and i had to take out like an extra cor- college course in ah. order to yeah and i had just gotten back from a semester abroad in england oh wow so, like it was yeah in 2012 so like it was it was like a, it was a good it was a good like run of months and then we had this show and it wasn't that bad at the time i remember that i invited a co-worker over we ordered pizza oh no that was wrestlemania 30 sorry i'm thinking wrong year i couldn't tell you anything about 2013 it is a blur um yeah i had nothing to look forward to 2013 was just there for me so, did you get to watch any wrestling or anything while you were over in England? 
Um, well, there were like some things that were like advertised. Um, I local feds. I don't think yeah, yeah, anything yeah. Like, IBW super... or yeah. Well, I was in I Bath, think... England, which is like in the southern part of England. So I like it wasn't like Rev Pro or anything like that. It was like a really small indie fed uh, that was advertising, and I didn't get a chance to go. Um, and then I actually almost went to a WWE show when I was in England because they were in the O2 Center. Oh wow! During doing a um, come a on, tour, you could have but... seen the set with the telephone and the taxi. But the thing is, <laughs> is that um, even even like not good tickets, several several feet away from the ring or whatever, several rolls back. We're like 60 pounds, which is That's like... It? That's nothing. 60 pounds. At the time, a pound was worth $1.5. Oh, wow. So... Yeah. Ooh. So $90 yeah. American. At the very least. Plus, I had to get to... Plus, I had to take a train to London. So you'd probably have to end up getting a hotel room. And on top of all that... Yeah, it just wasn't worth oof. it. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And then I didn't get to see any wrestling when I was in Japan. I asked to go to Korokin Hall, and the people who were there were like, why do you want to go to Korokin Hall? All that's shown there is professional wrestling. And I was like, exactly. And then they were like, no, we're not taking you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should have said something like, I admire the architecture. Well, no, like I wanted, I think I was open about it. Like, I think All Japan was doing a show there yeah. when I was in Tokyo. And I was like, can we go, please? And they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, man. I know. I... So when I ever get back to Japan in 2022, hopefully we're aiming for, we're, they had a, I found a really cool site that lists the schedules for all the different wrestling shows in Japan. It's like mm. a calendar. And, uh, yeah, we were looking forward to doing, like, three different shows. We were going to go to a stardom show. We were going to go to an up, uh, I think it was a, uh, a DDT show. And, uh, New Japan was, like, there the night after I would have arrived. Hmm. Well, I mean, stardom is, is owned by New Japan now, so. It is, by Bushi Road. Bushi Road. Also... Uh, creators of your favorite card game, Card Fight Vanguard. I love Available. Card Van Van Fight Guard, whatever you called it. That that is great. Card Fight, card fight Vanguard and also Buddy Fight as well. I have no. They idea do a lot of trading card games that I are not Yu-Gi-Oh. Everyone just strives strives to be Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon's. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like we we both watch anime. I mean, you have an anime podcast. I I've, do had an anime podcast you did in the past maybe you can't find it on the internet but i it might have been there at one point if you check out bonsaibeat.com for slash reviews and click on air gear you might find it no yeah yeah that's true so um but cardfight vanguard has had several seasons of anime some of which were actually pretty good oh shock yeah cool no <laughs> uh, no just no <laughs> oh man so yeah wrestlemania 29 was definitely um it was a twice in a lifetime it was sort twice of deal. in a lifetime that's exactly it so 
We reviewed WrestleMania 28, Rock vs. Cena, once in a lifetime. And then what do they fucking do? The next night, after WrestleMania 28. Well, I mean, John Cena asks The Rock to fight him again exactly. at the next year's WrestleMania. Yep. A but, full but then, year. Yes. However, The Rock did not come out. Instead, we were treated to the return of Bork Laser. Hell yes. And Bork Laser has returned, ladies and gentlemen. I remember their match at, uh, I think it was Extreme Rules, where he beat the shit out of John Cena. Yeah, uh, Extreme Rules that year he did, but then he ended up losing that match uh, at the very end. Yes. And he got he got an attitude adjustment onto the steel steps and then had to work his way back up. And he's still working his way back up. Um, Having a feud with Triple H. The game. Uh, to break my arm. Uh. Yes. Um... And when we get to it, uh, there is a spot in this match that is one of my all-time favorites to actually just go back and watch. It's like a 30-second clip. Hmm. So that once-in-a-lifetime tagline for WrestleMania 28 was a complete lie because guess who is headlining WrestleMania again? Cena versus The Rock. But this time, it's for the WWE Championship. Yes. Where this time, John Cena must redeem himself because 2012 was such a bad year for him. He made all those millions of dollars. And, and oh, I mean, and like, he got divorced. Well, that, yes, true. And, I mean, he also main evented most pay-per-views, and he had a terrible feud with John Laurinaitis. It was just a bad year. It was. I, I Just, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about just looking at the WrestleManias when we do the show <clears throat> is that we miss a lot of storyline. We do. Like sometimes things carry over from year to year, but like we missed, we completely missed people power. We essentially. Did. I'm glad because I don't want to relive it because it sucked then <laughs> and it sucks now. People power. And CM Punk like making fun of them and ugh. Yes. Making fun of John Laurinaitis. Yes. So the night after WrestleMania 28, Brock Lesnar came back, which everyone freaking like knew. They were chanting Brock Lesnar when he returned. It was kind of sad because like it had leaked, and yeah. it was kind of shitty because they thought they were gonna show up at WrestleMania 28. And he didn't. Nope. Next so. night on Raw, at the like the last segment, just done, 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 done. You know whatever. Yep. His, and then uh, crowd pop. Goes. F5 to John Cena in the middle of the ring. Then yes. we didn't really see Brock for a while, for a couple weeks. We did not. Going into WrestleMania 29, the show was a legitimate sellout at 70,000 fans a month prior to the show. So, they did amazing. They are in East yeah. Rutherford, New Jersey at the MetLife Stadium. The new MetLife Stadium. Yes, one of several show that, shows that we'll end up reviewing that have happened in the stadium. Yes. So this was... Ah, um, uh, yes. So another year, another record gate. Last year's gate being a record of $8.2 million. But WrestleMania 29 is over $11 million. Everyone has converged in the New York and New Jersey area 
WrestleCon, ROH, TNA, even several MMA promotions, all running shows and making WrestleMania week a can't miss for a diehard wrestling fan. So this was yeah, the no. year of uh, pretty much, you know, there had been little pockets of stuff going on, but it sounds like 2013 was really the year of like WrestleMania his... becoming like a week long event. Yeah. yeah. So you might remember this because you lived in the area. Superstorm Sandy hit the New York area in New Jersey on October 29th, 2012. Yeah, um, I do remember um i do remember hearing about it like i said i was in um you were out and about yeah so um, i i remember oh sorry go ahead finish your stuff so finish your well it was, yeah no it was like a, it was a pretty big deal um for a lot of places like i i live further up in new england so like we, we got like hit by like rain a remnant yeah but we, but it wasn't nearly as bad as um new york new york or new jersey yeah so i remember i had to work that weekend when this when the storm hit or i think it was yeah i think it was a weekend and my job at the time i worked on a help desk and when the circuit would go down we'd have to call it in or submit a ticket to the carrier in this case it was a lot of verizon lines up that way and Literally remember, like, having to put ticket after ticket after ticket in because literally every site was dropping and dropping and dropping. And literally one report was, you know there's a hurricane there, right? And I had to go, yeah, I'm aware. I'm just doing my job. Thanks. <laughs> I felt like an idiot, but it's like, duh. You know, I got to have proof that I did my job. Even though we all know, yes, there's a fucking hurricane there. So... I don't know. But yeah, it yeah, caused I mean, uh, a lot of damage. People remember it caused damage up and down the northeast uh, coast. Yeah, and, and I just remember like the biggest deal out of that was Chris Christie hugged Barack Obama, and it was a, it was a terrible thing for the Republican Party. <sighs> Back when Chris Christie, I I actually like was like, hey, this guy is a big fat guy. He's kind of cool. Now he's a nobody, trying to hang on to Trump's tails. Man, we missed all the we missed all the political fun. Man, oh well. WrestleMania is being treated as a watershed moment by the WWE, being located in the Northeast, Connecticut. Uh, there's the New Jersey National Guard is shown. The intro plays. CM Punk and the Undertaker are shown along with Rock and Cena. Really low key intro, in my opinion. Hmm. So actually. We should probably talk about this. Uh, Paul Bearer passed away during the build for WrestleMania, and they incorporated his death into the storyline. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this? All right. So at the time, I was like a big CM Punk mark. And I was like, this is so cool. But like looking back on it, like some of the things that they did were like, He's like holding the urn and he's like, in this urn are the ashes of Paul Bear. And then he's like bathing himself, himself in the ashes and stuff like that and throwing them at Undertaker. That's kind of dis- distasteful. Or I, I like when he grabbed the not like, but like, and he grabbed the lid. He's like, oh, yes. 
<laughs> he made the urn oh, talk. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, slightly, you know, it, it's kind of distasteful. Um, That's what I kind of thought, like, at the time. I was like, well, okay. I mean, the kid signed off on it. It's not like they just went ahead and did it. But looking back, yeah, it was kind of like. It really well, didn't they also put him off. into the Hall of Fame this year? The same year, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I guess we can talk about Paul Bearer's kid as well because there's a uh, there's some stories with him. Actually, let me check. I, I have it written down. Let me. It's either this uh, year or next year. No, it is next year. You're correct. Okay. But Bruno, but our our favorite man gets gets inducted. Oh, our favorite man? Yeah. Favorite is Bob used Bob. loosely. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, about his kid. Oh, well, I was just, well, his kid, uh, his kid, like, uh, during the Hall of Fame ceremony is, like, chewing gum the entire time and looking completely bored and disinterested. <laughs> and I, it's I like, doubt thank it. Thank you for this ring. And then, like, there was footage that uh, popped up, like, a couple months later where he used the Hall of Fame ring from WWE to propose to his girlfriend. Ah. <laughs> Here's my dad's ring. Will you marry Here's my me? Dad's ring. Did you say yes? Um, I don't know. She probably said no. She's like, I don't want that thing. It, well, would you want a WWE Hall of Fame ring? No, I'd put that thing on eBay. Hmm. Meh. Like Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, exactly, like Superstar <laughs> Billy Graham. You can buy replicas now. That's true, you can. From Wish.com. Can Really? Yes. Oh, we gotta check this out. I don't know, I never visited this website, so... I just see YouTube... Log in! Fuck you, Wish.com! <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Like you just search stuff, but no, you have to have an account. <sighs> maybe, maybe they were also on Alibaba. Well, knowing my luck, I'll try, but I'll probably have to log in. Baba.com. <laughs> Come on, China servers, go faster. <laughs> it is Alibaba.com. Go faster! Yay! Okay. WWE. Hall of Fame ring. Oh, look at that. Only three dollars. Yeah. Man. Oh, I have to order 50 of them, though. Literally, well, yes, that's, that's, the, that's the one downside of Alibaba. Oh, wait, hold on. This isn't the Hall of Fame ring. This is just one that says WWE Champion. It's a little mini replica oh. of the belt. Oh, but I think that's how they do the uh, new Hall of Fame rings. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, let's see. Another Hall of Fame version. Yeah, I think this is it. Mm, I don't know. Anyway. Well, interesting. There you go. If you want to buy them, they're 50 bucks. Or... Well, no, you need to buy 50 of them for three bucks. So, you can be blinged out. All right, so match number one. Is oh, six... We should probably also say who our uh, announcers are for the evening. I didn't even write it down. Michael Cole, JBL, and 
Jerry the King Lawler. These guys are fun to watch, Michael. (laughs) Boring. Yes. Six-man tag team match. Sheamus, Randy Orton, and the Big Show versus The Shield. All right, so yeah, we should probably also we should probably talk about Survivor Series this year then because this is the first time the Shield have shown up. Yes, the Shield debuted on November eighteenth, twenty twelve, and they're still undefeated going into this match. So, and yes. they yeah they basically made the save for CM Punk in his title match against Ryborg. Yes. Tell me about the Shield. Well, uh, let's see. They were made up of uh, three of NXT's biggest stars. NXT is also a thing this year. Oh, um, yeah. They just changed yeah. from Florida Championship Wrestling. Actually, yeah, yeah we to... were talking about that last year. On the WrestleMania 28, there was rumors uh, that something was going to change and that their, uh, that their shows were going to stop being recorded. But mm, no one really right. knew what it was. And it was... A move over from a change in branding from FCW over to NXT, which up to this point had been like a goofy reality show with wrestlers. And now it's a a legit. Did you ever um, watch the episode where they had the back where they had uh, the camp, the, 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 the producer audio? No, there was an episode of NXT. The one episode uh, where they had producer audio the entire show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. So the Shield were three people from the new NXT brand. Uh, Seth Rollins, formerly Tyler Black, former Ring of Honor World Champion, and PWG World Tag Team Champion. I think he's also a, a Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, too. Uh, Dean Ambrose, um, formerly and now currently John Moxley, uh, at the time, former CZW world champion, and then Roman Reigns, The Rock's cousin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other two guys just like work their ass off. Nah, he's Rock's cousin. Must be I nice. mean, essentially, like Roman Reigns was like a like he was a guy in, in the Canadian Football League. Uh, he didn't do particularly well. He got hurt a whole lot. He ended up with leukemia. Had to retire from football. Got into the family business. Yep. I've always I mean, said, uh, uh, working, it isn't about what you know, it's about who you know. And and Roman Reigns, although he is very talented. He is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say like, hey, this guy didn't work his way up and earn it. I mean, there's lots of wrestlers who were famous, you know, look, I look at like Ted DiBiase, mm. uh, not Junior, but, uh, didn't he have an older brother? Oh, Brett. DiBiase. Yeah, like Brett. His I mean, younger he, brother. Yeah. Granted, he got hurt, but still, like, there's plenty of, you know, people who had famous, you know, uncles or fathers and amounted to nothing in wrestling. Yeah, right. And I mean, so he he is very talented. If you watch SmackDown now, he's probably, probably, not probably, he is the best thing on that show. But be that as. It may in 2013, he was still pretty green in the ring. All things considered, he didn't do a whole lot. Besides, uh, 
uh, spear people. Yes. And uh, Seth oh, Rollins wow. and Dean Ambrose were much more seasoned, much more uh, charismatic, especially Dean Ambrose. I, I remember at the time, Dean Ambrose was kind of the leader of the Shield because yeah. he was the he was the United States champion. Can't remember if he was the United States champion at this point in time or not. I also really liked the vintage of the the promos they would do them on handheld cameras, and it'd be yeah, like oh, black yeah. and white, and they'd wear uh, bandanas over their faces. Yeah, or um, even masks that had like hound teeth. Yeah, it was really um, cool. I really enjoyed it because it's like something ever, unique and different. Did you ever see the shields that they were supposed to be carrying the first time they were going to be on camera? No. Are they like Roman shields? No, so they're like um the like police riot shields that just say shield oh, on Oh Jesus Christ. That would have died a death. <laughs> yeah, and and also they were supposed to like and they did the first time they were appeared on camera, they were supposed to uh be carrying these um riot shields and have turtlenecks on and uh they I guess they all argued for the shields to not be used because they said that that was stupid. No shit. So, <laughs> so, but they they still had to wear the turtlenecks the first time. They look good those turtlenecks. And then they quickly changed over to flak jackets. Yes. And so they look like the big boss man's uh, little children. Little, little yeah. He is proud. <laughs> little boss man is up in heaven, going, "Yeah, get those flak jackets over." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and essentially they would just show up every, um, they weren't on every show. Like they would do like something on every show, but they would, they wouldn't be in the ring all the time. Basically every time they had a match, they would just basically destroy whoever was in there very quickly, uh, booked very strong. And so coming into WrestleMania, uh, the WWE forces brought together three former world champions in order to face the shield and, and to stop them from their interfering ways. All right. So, uh, like I said, they're still undefeated coming into this match. Sheamus and Roman Reigns start off. The shield gets worked over by both, <clears throat> excuse me, by both Sheamus and Randy Orton. And sell, and they sell when the, then the big show comes in. And gets a drop, gets drop kicked in the knee by Dean Ambrose. Then uh, the Big Show plays the babyface in peril and gets beaten down. <laughs> and then he has to get the hot tag to someone else on his team. Eventually, Sheamus is tagged in, and again, the Shield needs to sell for both Sheamus and Orton. But eventually, the match breaks down. The Shield overwhelm, and then they try for a triple power bomb to the Big Show. Oh, sorry, they try a triple power bomb. But the Big Show comes out of nowhere, hits a spear on all three S.H.I.E.L.D. members to stop it from happening. Sheamus then crawls over to Big Show and Randy Orton, steals the tag. Orton hits a draping DDT on Ambrose. Rollins is then RKO'd. And then Roman hits a spear on Orton, and Ambrose is able to pick up the win. Uh, while the Big Show just stands on the ring apron, not even trying to break up the pinfall. The no, show... he's pissed because Randy Orton stole the yeah, tag. Yeah, I'm angry now. So they pick up the win. Their first WrestleMania match at 10 minutes and 33 seconds. 
After the match, the Big Show knocks out both Sheamus and Randy Orton as the crowd boos. And he turns heel again. That's his thing. Every time he's well, on screen, he's got to change. You know, he's got to change. Right. He has to, he has to, he has to do some sort of healer face turn or else he doesn't know what to do with himself. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. This is probably like his 900th heel turn this this particular month. So I don't know. Like the the match itself was pretty good. All things considered, it was short and it highlighted the strength of the of the shield and it allowed Roman to do a really cool <laughs> spot. Yeah. So it's essentially a shield M- the shield MO. Um, uh, I thought uh, the shield their moveset really felt fresh. Whereas Orton and Sheamus and Big Show all felt like robotic and stale. Like, oh, they're just going through the motions. Yeah, I mean, like, at the time, the Shield were, like, this brand new thing. And they were also allowed to do, or maybe they weren't necessarily allowed to, but they did. um, Indie moves. They did things that other people weren't doing. Like, running out and spearing people as hard as possible or, like... Like, because, like, Roman always, like, threw him, like, just threw his body. Like, that's the one thing that I always, like, was like, oh, that sh- that spear is really cool because he just, like, throws his whole body into it. It's very much like Goldberg's. Um, whereas, like, Dean was doing, like, Sammy Callahan's headlock driver, which was, like, super cool. And Seth was stomping people in the head, doing Phoenix splashes all over the place. Yes. You know. I also found it weird that Big Show was the baby face in peril. Well, of course, he's the oldest. Sheamus isn't selling. He was world champion last year. Yes. <laughs> Overall, that was an okay match. Good, good, good yeah, opener. It was not bad. <clears throat> the a Rock versus Cena promo is already being shown. After losing to The Rock, Cena divorced his wife and then was beaten by The Big Show to help CM Punk win the world title. And everything was just bad for Cena until the Royal Rumble where The Rock won the WWE Championship from CM Punk who was the champion for 434 days. Cena then won the Royal Rumble and now gets to face The Rock once again at WrestleMania. That happened. Huh? I said that happened. That happened. They were they were really selling this match hard. It- even during the show, you, and this was before the WWE Network, so you are, if you wanted to see the show, you paid for it. I remember paying for it, <laughs> because it was the Royal Rumble, and I love CM Punk, and I thought it was complete bullshit that The Rock can just come in and beat the, beat CM Punk. And he beat the CM Punk with the people's elbow. It wasn't even The Rock bottom. Yeah, it was bullshit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if I lose a wrestling match, I'm just going to divorce my wife, too. Like, ah, sorry, honey. Just this loss. I can't please you sexually anymore. Might as well just get a divorce. I got to go marry Brie Bella. No, Nikki. And then he didn't even do that. I got to go have sex with Maria Canellas and Melina and whoever else. Mickey James. Really? Yeah, that was a thing like around when Mickey James actually got released that she got released because she was having an affair with John Cena. Oh, wow. And then John Cena decided, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Goodbye. 
and then she was out of the company. Ah, oh, sad. <laughs> what well, two could say? She butt in uh, TNA at the time. So her and her country gimmick. Yeah, hardcore country. Hardcore country, which yeah. she stole hardcore from Cheryl. Hardcore country. She stole it from Cheryl and Archer. And uh, she sang her own theme song too. And she released a country album at the time too. Just like Cheryl and Archer. I've never seen Archer. Oh, what? You are missing out. <laughs> uh, Mark Henry versus Ryback, the match of the century. Yes, Feed Me More versus uh, Sexual Chocolate. Yes. It's sexual, baby. Oh. <laughs> well, doing a weightlifting contest, Mark Henry did 53 reps, and Ryback got to 53. But then Henry tied stopping... And then choked Ryback with the bar. So now they're fighting. Because Ryback well, because... was like, I can do more, bitch. Yeah, and Mark Henry's not giving up the title of World's Strongest Man to anybody. No, that's his claim to fame. Yeah. So they both run into each other, and they slam into each other, and neither man budges. It's like they're both wearing fat suits, but they don't fall over. It was awesome. I think there was an <laughs> explosion. It's like a it's like a double roar spot. Yes. The pun, uh, then there's punches and clotheslines, and Ryback goes for the final one, but uh, to take down Mark Henry, but Henry slams Ryback with a clothesline of his own. A sexual chocolate chant breaks out because you know it's WrestleMania, and everyone's got to remember stuff from 1998. Ryback then tries Whoa. to suplex Henry, but can't. So Henry lifts Ryback onto the ring apron and then slams him into the ring post. This match is great so far. Henry then applies the greatest big man move ever, a bear hug in the middle of the ring. And Ryback (laughs) is knocked out of the ring again. He gets back in at nine. There's more bear hugs by Henry. But eventually, Ryback gets out of Ryback. uh, Ryback gets out. And Ryback is able to lift Mark Henry into a shell shock. But Henry is able to hold on to the top rope. And Ryback's legs give out. Henry then lands on top of Ryback. And then covers him at 8 minutes and 2 seconds. For the win. (laughs) Oh, Ryback has fallen so quickly. Oh, but it gets better. It gets better, Zach. Oh, yes. Medical attention then comes in because Ryback is now knocked out and, and and Henry orders everyone out of the ring. But then out of nowhere, Ryback is able to hit a spine buster. He then picks up Henry, marches around the ring with him on a, in the shell shock. Why? If the whole point was to show how great Ryback and strong stuff he is, just let him get the win. Mark Henry not winning at WrestleMania isn't the end of the world. No, 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 no. You don't understand, Rob. The problem is, is that Ryback is no longer world champion material, but Mark Henry might be. So Mark Henry has to get the win, but we also can't have Ryback cool off too much because, you know, a lot of people are buying these shirts that say, feed me more. And so... we need to make him look strong so people will continue to buy the Feed Me More shirts even though we're never going to do anything with Ryback anymore because we've proven that he's unsafe to work with except for these slow plotting matches. I mean, don't get me right, it was expressive to see him pick up Mark Henry like nothing. Oh yeah, no, it, 
it, it definitely was. God. I mean, um, I just thought it was so stupid. It's like, why did we just have a fucking match? If you're just going to take away Henry's heat and give it back to Ryback and make Ryback look strong. But yet he lost the match. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a very like Lex Luger at uh, uh SummerSlam moment, except uh, not as important. It was dumb. I hate this match. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it is, it is a, it is a terrible match. I mean, like both of these guys uh, within the last two years have had these really big hot streaks where, like, Mark Henry was world heavyweight champion. He did this great Hall of Pain gimmick. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember the salmon suit retirement. That was that amazing. Wasn't this... Yeah, but that was late after this, wasn't it? I have no idea. I, I think it was, was after this. But yeah, I think no, that right. is amazing. The Hall of Pain gimmick was great. He was angry, Mark Henry. It's like he came rejuvenated. Did you watch the Mark Henry special they did on him on the network? I don't have the network. Oh, well, they did it like years ago, back when he retired for real. It was an right. awesome. It was an awesome documentary. Um, but yeah, no, like I, and I'm sure it was, um, cause I, WWE makes great documentaries they unless do. they're trying to like ruin somebody's image. Like, no, they still do a great yeah. job. Even on that, I own the copy of the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's a great documentary. I mean, it's fairly, it's fairly accurate, even if it is a total hit piece, but <laughs> But like, um, and then Ryback earlier in the past year was having these wars with WWE champion CM Punk over the title. Yes. And I remember him and Daniel Bryan fighting too. Yes. I think that was next year. And looking back on how things went, he probably shouldn't have worked with either of them. Yes. (sighs) Fucking hell. This fucking next segment. (laughs) <laughs> JBL and King have to play with the new WWE Power Slammers from Mattel. They wiggle around on the on the ground where they do real wrestling moves. We then get a promo for the WWE partnering with a Special Olympics. And it, yes, and we get to see S- Stephanie McMahon and Chris Christie. Chris Christie. Yes. Uh, I'm Welcome the to the Queendom. Yes. Moving on, because fucking hell, why the hell? Wow, let's let's shill these toys, because, you know, why not? Merchandising is so important. Don't you remember during WrestleMania 10 when they stopped the show to show the LJN action figures? I don't. I was hoping (laughs) you'd say karate fighters. (laughs) I was going to say. I mean, I was waiting for them to have like a karate fighters tournament back then. WWE Tag Team Championships, Dolph Ziggler and Big E with AJ Lee versus Team Hell No. Yeah, so Big E is also a call-up from the new NXT brand. He was the second NXT champion. Big E kicked ass, and man, I hope they do something with him now that he's a singles wrestler. Oh, I well, they basically brought back his NXT gimmick. Yeah, now he put powder on his hands and he probably breathes all that in every night and it's not good probably not super great but also like that's what he did in nxt and then he like pinned people for a five count not three but a five count nice 
Uh, and, you know, like, he he has a really cool move, the big ending. I've always really liked the big ending. So it's, it's a, an impressive, it's a more impressive uh, RKO. Oh, man. So this is Big E's first ever match in the WWE. Yep. And Dolph Ziggler is a SmackDown Money in the Bank champ, uh, Money in the Bank winner. Mm. King makes sure to let us all know that AJ Lee has dated everyone in the match except the ref. And I was like, no. It's like, well, obviously yeah. they never dated Big E. But I was like, wait a minute. Kane, mm-hmm. I think was one. Yes. Daniel Bryan, yeah. obviously. Dolph yes. Ziggler, obviously. And then mm-hmm. I remembered CM Punk. Wasn't there an issue with John Cena, too? So she dated, she kissed John Cena on screen and she did something with CM Punk. Like, she married CM Punk in, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. reality. Yeah, because but, like, I remember the whole thing with CM Punk where he's like, oh, I, I like crazy, like, don't call me crazy. And she, he's like, oh, I like crazy chicks. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember for her and CM Punk. That lucky bastard got to marry her. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, like, I was just like, god damn, they, like, ran gimmick after gimmick of, like, she needs a boyfriend or something. Agree. Well, AJ Lee was. I mean, yeah, I I dislike the fact that they kind of always romantically linked the, her with the people that she was with. Yes, but in a sense, AJ Lee was kind of a revival of the old manager role, like a um, Miss Elizabeth, in a sense. And everybody that she worked with, for the most part, ended up doing fairly well. Oh yeah, I always strong. remember. When she got hit in the chest by Biggie <laughs> on his debut. And he was coming down the <laughs> yeah. ring and he just whops her in the boob. And that the joke was that she acted like he was she was so hurt and he felt so terrible. But she's like, I got a bra. <laughs> well, there is also like an incident where the big show ended up hitting her in a match or something like that too man i didn't remember that yeah. but that's funny because she's probably like it sounds like she's cool with everything like like yeah. she knows like dude this is not a freaking you know like shit happens like it's not a purpose and you know just things happen but i think it's cool that she can like rib like she played it up like oh i'm so hurt i'm gonna have a bruise <laughs> and make him feel terrible even worse <laughs> well yes but also to the fans show them that biggie is strong yes but she no sold it like... if she if she was selling it she should have like flown back like five feet like oh she's dead <laughs> even though obviously it was not meant to happen but i thought it was funny right she no sold it ah <laughs> uh, but yes yeah, so team hell no won the tag team title belts in September of 2012. Michael Cole says 53% of the teams are successful in keeping their title at WrestleMania. I mean, for the when the title is actually on the line, yeah. when was the last time the tag team titles were on the line at WrestleMania? I can't even remember. Wasn't it last year in the opener? No, the opener last year was Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, Okay, the year before. The year before, oh yeah, the year before with um, Jomo and Truth and yeah. Big Show and, and yeah, Miz, that's yeah, it. yeah. 
So yeah, it's been two years. WrestleMania 27. But, but still, yeah, you're like right. The they, are hardly ever on this. I'll, I'll are be, on this. I'll be honest. The only really memorable tag team title match I remember at a WrestleMania is WrestleMania 14. Uh, it was Cactus Jack and Terry Funk versus the New Age Outlaws. Oh, I think that was 15. No, 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 no. It was 14 or 13. 15. He wasn't Cactus Jack. 15, he was Mankind. And he was in the uh, special guest referee role with the Big Show. Remember he mm. got, remember he got chokeslammed oh, with yeah, the two? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it was 14. It must have been. I was like, it was when Austin won the title. It was, was 14 to... then, yeah. 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 Because 13, Austin was versus Bret Hart. And that amazing I Quit match. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that's the only match I can remember where I'm like, oh, yeah, tag team titles were there. Well, I remember, like, Kane Big Show, like, did it in the opener of, like, 22 or something like that. And the only reason I remember that is because Kane's pyro lit the... Oh, yeah, with the sky on fire in the background. Yeah, and that looked really cool. Yep. Daniel Bryan and Ziggler start off. AJ Lee and Ziggler kiss on the apron. A call back to WrestleMania 28. And Daniel hits a kick and a near fall on Ziggler. So I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> Daniel Bryan hits a suicide dive, hits a bunch of yes kicks. Daniel Bryan is over as hell. Ziggler quickly gets attacked to Big E. JBL's excited, and Bryan tags out to Kane. So we got Haas versus Haas. Big E catches Kane in midair and hits three back to back spine busters on Kane. What do you think of that? I mean, it looked really cool, but also it's like the, a spine buster is a spot that like anybody could do. All right, I'm gonna come over. It, I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna jump off something. You're gonna catch me and give you three. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I like the catching. The catching part. Oh no, that, it was that's all... really impressive. I get but, what you're like, saying though. Like, yeah, it's not like, like a. It's not a big. Yeah, move it's not like. like oh. Right, and and so it was something because at the time, even though Biggie had been NXT champion, he was still like pretty green in the ring. <laughs> like I re- just remember like listening to some, com- some commentary at the time, people were like, "Oh, Biggie's going to hurt somebody" or something like that, and he never did. But like they were worried about that because he seemingly couldn't do as much as other people could in the ring gotcha and then also everybody just called him gigantic carlton which i thought was kind of mean That's mean <laughs> jesus kane comes back with the goozle but biggie is able to power out a pinfall attempt is stopped by biggie with a splash who then lowers his straps but kane is able to knock e out and brian follows up with a flying knee to e ziggler then hits a zigzag on kane for a near fall, AJ Lee distracts the ref, and Ziggler tries hitting Kane with the briefcase, but misses. Kane is then, Kane is choke slammed, and Brian is tagged in while Kane takes the out E. Daniel Bryan hits a flying headbutt, and is able to pick up the victory and remain tag team champions at six minutes and seventeen seconds. It was a pretty good match. It, it it highlighted Team Hell No as a pretty good tag team. It got over Dolph Ziggler, got over Big E, who was a new character at the time. It did everything that it was supposed to do. Yeah. 
Uh, I said it was really, I really enjoyed this match. It was fast paced. It flowed really well, and the ending was great. Uh, I always, I always just get very uncomfortable whenever I see Daniel Bryan do the flying, flying headbutt. Head yeah, I agree. Yeah. He does it again the next year. And it was crazy. He actually does a flying headbutt and then does a fucking crippler crossface. I'm like, dude, no, it's been like seven years. Stop doing that sequence of moves. Well, see, the other thing is, I mean, we'll get to it next year, but that match, that triple threat match is almost like you can take shots from the Benoit Triple H HBK match mm-hmm. and take screenshots of Orton, Batista, Daniel Bryan, and they're doing almost the same spots. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Shows you how how far WWE has transitioned their, their you know, conditioned their wrestlers on how mm. to do three ways. Right. Here's, here's something funny I wrote. I love Big E and hope he breaks out of the single star. At the time of this review... He is the only not only New Day member who isn't hurt on the roster. Oh, are Kofi and Xavier hurt? They were back in August. Oh. <laughs> when I originally recorded this or wrote all this down. <laughs> oh, that's been too long. <laughs> yes. Just thought that was funny. All right. A match that will thoroughly say that uh, this was the biggest waste of a veteran in a long while. Or the WWE dropping something good when they had something. Fandango versus Chris Jericho. Ooh, Fandango. So a bunch of salsa dancers are dancing on the ramp, and behind them, Fandango and his partner... They do a long dance in the crowd, and the crowd just—or sorry—they do a big long dance, and the crowd just seems confused. The whole match is based around Chris Jericho mispronouncing Fandango's name. This is Fandango's debut match in the WWE. Yeah, and there are so many things about Fandango that uh, aren't there yet. Uh, when he was like a fairly big star. He didn't have his uh, usual partner, Summer Ray, yet. Yep, he had some unnamed uh, girl. He, nobody in the crowd was singing his song and doing. They wouldn't beat out tonight beat. after. Yeah. Which, if if people who are listening to this don't remember Fandangoing, oh. it was like you just pointed your fingers up and in time with the song and and just kind of like vocalized it because it's a pretty catchy song you know do 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 you know you know it's like just like ballroom music yeah pretty simple tune and for years every time you came out you just see people in the crowd fandangoing as it became known and, and the WWE took it and they ran it into the fucking ground. The because other thing is, I believe. Well enough alone. Yeah. The, the other thing I believe is that the Fandango theme song actually charted on the British pop charts. Yes, because they like stuff. They're weird over there. The weirdest I mean, thing are... is getting on the charts. 
I mean, they are they are weird over there. They like I don't listen to a ton of music, but one of the things that I do know from my time over in England, how, how long were you over in England? Like six months. Oh wow! So yeah, did you yeah. ever go to Nando's? I did not go to Nando's. There was no Nando's in Bath. Dang! Because all I hear about on the Attitude Era podcast is Nando this, and and freaking Will Osprey has the Nando's move. There's then... a Nando's in DC. Really? Can, like, yeah. Well, it, it's it it's in the United States in a few places. Um, because it's yeah, like, I don't know, Will like, Osprey like... has moves over based on Nando's names. Well, yeah, the cheeky Nando's kick. Yes, the um, cheeky Nando's kick. Which is not even, like, named after, like, a dish there. Like, you won't go there and find something called the Cheeky Nando's. Well, they should get on that. That's terrible branding. <laughs> no, it's just, like, it's, like, um like a grilled, it's, like, it's a chicken place. It's, like, a, it's, like, grilled chicken with, that has well, peri-peri okay, pepper sauce. Oh, is that what, okay. They're calling it Nando's Peri-Peri. There's one yeah. in Washington. Uh, let's see, Maryland and on, Onion Hill? Oxen Hill, sorry. Yeah, they're all located like right in Washington D.C. That's weird. Yeah, which like out of the two of us, you're That's closer to Maryland. D.C. Yeah, I am. Well, yeah. I'll just tell you this much: I'm not going to Virginia. I'm not going to Alexander, Virginia, for chicken. Not right now, but maybe in a few months. Although I'll be honest, when I read that there was a uh, so I, I was in Boston back mm-hmm. in September. And I didn't realize how much of a... Or not Boston, sorry. I was in New Jersey. Yeah. Right on the fucking border of New York. And I was so fucking tempted to go to get some Ichiran ramen. (laughs) But obviously with the pandemic, I couldn't. Right. And that Uber wanted 85 fucking dollars to go through that goddamn tunnel. Yeah, that's actually not that bad. No, no, it is that bad. That's terrible. No, for a trip from New Jersey to New York, that's actually fairly reasonable. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't go. I've been to New York once or twice. And I've been to like Long I've been to Long Island twice. I forget what city in Long Island, but I've been there like twice. But uh, for work. But uh, yeah. You weren't visiting McFoley? No, I wasn't visiting McFoley. Oh, okay. I got a fun McFoley story, though, for you. Oh, yeah? So we had SummerSlam 99 come to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom and I were going somewhere, and the SummerSlam semi-truck came by. And I was like, oh, hey, McFoley's at this Target. And we just happened to be near there. So she dropped me off there, and I met McFoley. But I had I was wearing a Kevin Nash t-shirt, and I had him sign a steel chair. That I actually had people help buy me. Like, I had nothing for him to sign, and someone behind me heard that, and they're like, hey, here's, you know, here's 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, you don't need to do things. No, you need something for McFoley to sign. So, I, I, and I was only like 13, 12. I was mm-hmm. in seventh grade. Yeah, like 12 or 13 at the time. So, but yeah, that's my McFoley story. And he gave me shit. He's like, you're wearing a Kevin Nash t shirt. I was like, yeah, I didn't know I was coming to meet you today. He laughed. (laughs) So 
That's my Mick Foley story. I have no idea mm. what happened to that chair. Oh, that's too bad. I know. I've moved so many times. Um, my mom might still have it. I don't know. I should really ask her. I kind of mm. doubt she does, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I used to have it. It was a green chair. And, yeah. But, yeah. I was so tempted to go get fucking Ichiran Ramen because I was like, holy shit, I was supposed to go to Japan this year. I had been looking forward to trying Ichiran Ramen because all the YouTube videos are like, it's amazing. And I was like, so close, but yet so far. So, and then we had a location in Houston. I was so mm -hmm. tempted. I wanted to, I didn't get to go, but I was like, we had to do something in Houston, in the Houston office. And I was like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Because they have a Coco's. They have a Coco Ichiban in Houston, Texas. Again, shit, I was supposed to be trying while in Japan. So I was like, well, fuck it. At least I could try something I was supposed to try. But again, so close, but yet so far. Yeah, well, if you ever feel the need, you can go to Virginia and get a Nando's. I guess. It's probably garbage chicken. I don't know. It, I, I from what I've heard, it, it's actually pretty nice. It's like it's, you know, we think of fast food chicken places in the states. It's all fried chicken, right? It's, yeah, but it's, it's not all fried chicken. It's not, it's it's not a fried chicken place. It's not. It's like, it, yeah, it's like it's like a grilled chicken place. Oh, so it's healthy. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but it is. It is a grilled chicken place, and they. Slather it in a peri-peri sauce, and you can get it in, like, mild uh, or really hot. What is a peri-peri? I, I don't know. This sounds French. Uh, it's it's just a kind of, like, pepper. Oh. I'm not yeah. cultured. <laughs> I grew up eating McDonald's. I mean, I also grew up eating McDonald's. I didn't go to a steak restaurant until I was 19. I don't I mean, know. I, I mean, that's... I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I didn't eat, like, fancy food until right. I was, like, living on my own. So. I mean, I, I, I don't eat a lot of fancy food myself. Well, I just, same. I, yeah. I just, I just know about certain things from. Fancy stalking is, like, a good steak or, like, hibachi. I mean, uh, I like a good hibachi. Hell yeah. I wish we had Benihana down here. But we don't. <laughs> That's not a good hibachi place. Hibachi! Benihana's good! It is good, but it's like, it's just a chain place. I know, but still. What isn't a chain? All the hibachi places are identical. Get your yum yum sauce. I'm pretty sure when I go to Japan and ask for yum yum sauce, they'll give it to me. Or throw me out. And I was like, where's my clear soup? He's like, get out. Your kind is not welcome here. You're going to have to get used to drinking miso soup. I never, I've had miso soup once. What? It's very salty. Oh, well, then I got to start eating tofu because uh, tofu is weird. It's just rubbery. It depends on how it's prepared. It shouldn't be rubbery. Oh, well, it has no taste. But that that's all that is very true. It's just pure soy. Should we talk about Fandango some more? <laughs> Fine. I'm having fun talking about other things other than Fandango. 
Well, I was going to I was going to bring it back to the British pop charts for just a second. Yes. Because we were talking about how Fandango's theme music charted on the British pop charts. The British pop charts are so weird that do you know the band Oasis? Yes, of course, Oasis. Okay. They had that so, one song, Waterfall. Wonderwall. Whatever. <laughs> um, but the two uh leads of that band are brothers are brothers yeah and they didn't get along very well famously and fuck you uh, no fuck you let's go start a band again so essentially there was a uh there was a recording that was basically like what you just said that was released and it charted on the british pop charts what yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes i want to listen to the brothers fighting (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) wow that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man, that's funny. All right, let's get back to it. Chris Jericho wearing his LED jacket gets a huge pop from the crowd. Is is LED jacket Jericho best Jericho? Uh, no, I like the list Jericho. But he, that is also Jericho with lots of bad tattoos. It is true. I mean, now we have Jericho going and playing in concerts in a pandemic. I mean, yes. We don't. We are. We have anti-social, anti-mask, Chris Jericho. We we also have uh, pro-Trump, Chris Jericho. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Whatever. <sighs> no, I, yeah, I, I really like. I also liked him in his his his. Jericho time. Oh yeah, yeah. Old country uh, for no men, Jericho. Anton Shiger, Jericho. Yeah. So, I'm just glad he's over the trash bag hoe part. Yes, I'm. I'm also glad for that. I'm. I'm. That does I'm, not. I'm does a not fairly big well. fan of AEW character Chris Jericho yes. as opposed to real life Chris Jericho at the moment. So there was a fun. Did you listen to today's uh, Wrestling Observer Live? Or not Wrestling Observer. Sorry, Wrestling Observer Radio. I haven't. So there is a uh, kind of funny antidote or kind of funny story. So there's this badass new tag team called Top Flight from my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And these kids are 21 and like 19 or 21 and 22. They're really young. They're two brothers. And they're like the hot tag team that just got signed to uh, AEW. Well, they're fighting uh, Chris Jericho and MJF on this week's Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And Chris Jericho said, you know, the story was that Top Flight wanted to do all these different moves and all this other stuff. And Jericho said, no, we're not doing any of that. And it said he reminded him of a story of when him and Lance Storm were a tag team when they were the Thrill Seekers. And that William Regal... And someone else had told them, like, no, we're not going to do all your crazy moves. And he didn't listen. And now he's the old veteran telling the young kids, like, no, you don't need to do all this crazy stuff. Just just follow my lead and, you know, less is more. Yeah. I'm the other person in that conversation was Finley. Um I've I've heard I've heard the story. You've heard of, the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the first time yeah, I had heard and, it. I thought it was funnily or funny. Yeah, it was because... actually in one of his books. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was in um, 
a lion's tail. Ah. And um, they, Regal and uh, Finley would always ask Jericho how many bumps he took in that match, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know, like five. And he goes, "Oh, way too much <laughs> for TV. For TV, you do one, maybe." <laughs> that's the Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, that's a that's a fan de- or the that's the Hulk Hogan bump card. I, I you know what I think actually like if we look at those matches uh, like that Finley and Regal were ha- having uh Hogan was probably taking more bumps than <laughs> Regal and Finley. No, actually it's so funny so one of the podcasts I used to listen to back when they were on the air they would have a thing called the Hogan bump challenge where you'd guess mm. the number of bumps Hogan would take and he normally took 1 or 0 during a match on they were reviewing uh 2000 Nitro Oh, okay. I always count the leg drop as a bump. Oh, okay. I think they just took a bump as in, you know, he actually took a defensive move, flat back yeah. bump or whatever. Yeah, the back bump. But I, I figured with the impact that it has on his body, the leg drop counts. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny. But yeah, no, I thought that was funny as hell. You know, just that kind of... Uh... Uh, that kind of, you know, story. It's just like, really? Well, Chris Jericho didn't listen to the, didn't take his own advice in this match because he probably would have told Fandango not to do his finishing maneuver. Probably. Yeah, that, that was a terrible, terrible finisher. And I am glad that he is no longer using them as a finisher. Well... The amount of compression on the spine, we'll get to into it in a minute. Yes, but. yes. All right. So, uh, Pandango, ballroom dances around the ring, and then Jericho just hits him with a double leg takedown. Jericho throws Fandango on the top rope. Jericho hits the code breaker, but Fandango rolls out of the ring. So far, the match has been all Jericho. Jericho goes for a springboard drop kick, but Jericho kicks Jer- but Fandango kicks Jericho in the chest to stop it in his first offensive move. Fandango gets a two count. Jericho comes back with a shoulder block, uh, but then is sent out of the onto the apron. Jericho hits a flying axe handle smash onto Fandango. Jericho hits a cross body block for a two count. Fandango runs Jericho into the ring post, which hits with a loud thud. Fandango then hits a modified DDT. He then climbs to the top uh, to the to the top rope and hits a flying leg drop. And Jericho barely kicks out at 2.9. Jericho quickly rolls up uh, rolls up for a two-count. Fandango goes for a drop kick, but tries for but uh then tries for a lion tamer, but Fandango is able to bail. Uh, he then hits a clothesline and then again climbs the top rope. But Jericho wiggles out of the top rope and Fandango falls off. Oh, he wiggles the top rope. Fandango then falls off. Jericho puts Fandango on the top rope. He sets up for a superplex. But Fandango fights out. Jericho is knocked off the top. Jericho again. Uh, Fandango then again goes for a leg drop. But misses. Jericho hits uh-huh. a lion salt. Tries for a lion tamer. But Fandango grabs a knee. And rolls Jericho up to pick up the win out of nowhere at nine minutes and eleven seconds. So, for a character that when everybody saw that uh, Johnny Curtis, who is this guy who is on 
NXT, uh, the uh, reality show for years being repackaged as Fandango, everybody was like, there is no way that anybody's going to take this guy seriously. True. And then he ends up feuding with Jericho at WrestleMania and beats him. And every I, I remember everybody being like, oh my God, Fandango is going to be the next Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> He's going to be a big star. Chris Jericho is putting him over, all this other stuff. And we look at his career and none of that happened. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think he's finally gotten, he's gotten to a good place in his career. And unfortunately, it's a, you know, lower bottom card, mid card comedy act. But he's a completely right. different character now. So at least it didn't, like, hinder him out the door. That's true. But, yeah, doing a top rope leg drop, stupid, stupid thing. Because you're landing compressing your spine all the time from a like 10 like a seven foot drop stupid stupid thing to do very glad that he doesn't do that anymore yeah no kidding because yeah just talk to hulk hogan he regrets having the leg drop as a finisher especially since hulk hogan had a much better finisher when he was in japan what was that he would he would do um, it was called the axe bomber and it was basically just this big old lariat. Oh, I thought he was gonna sing to him. No, <laughs> no. Although he does, that's only when he's trying to sell them a air conditioner. Um, an air conditioner. Yeah. I was going to say a refrigerator, but not quite. Not quite. At first, I thought this match was boring, but finally, uh, when Fandango starts getting offense, the match really picked up, and it got good. I really started to enjoy it, and the win under the win out of nowhere was done really well too. That was my notes. Overall, I enjoyed the match. Just started off really slow. Yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty good match overall um, as well. I, but I was just like, I'm just trying to remember what it was like at the time where everybody was just like, what is happening? Why is this dancing fool, this uh, new disco inferno beating Chris Jericho? Yeah, that was definitely uh, a head scratcher. Yeah. So a recap of the WrestleMania pre-show. That was an hour long. Miz versus Wade Barrett. Miz was able to win with a vigor four, and the Miz is now the new IC champion. I think this is the first time that Miz has been IC champion. Maybe I don't know. Well, but because before this, uh, he was mostly uh, United States and tag team guy. I don't think he's been on the show where the IC champion has been available. Hmm. A pro package about The Rock then plays. Then Puff God. Daddy starts rapping his part in Victory. I fucking love the Victory music video from back in the day. Um, he then raps other songs, and it was awful live. A promo package then plays for the next match. Jack Swagger versus Alberto Del Rio. Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter are ahead of their time. 
all they needed to do was put a on Trump gear and they'd fit in in 2020. That's true. They 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 were the original MAGA movement. Yes. Man, what could have been? WWE Heavyweight Championship match. Jack Swagger versus the champion Alberto Del Rio. All right, so let's talk about Jack Swagger for a minute. Yeah, because... bad bad times for Abra Bruin. Well, see, it was weird because like Jack Swagger had been gone for a while and then immediately won uh, an opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship. It was like it was it was bizarre because yes, Jack Swagger has been a World Heavyweight Champion before, but it was several years ago at this point. Maybe like what he wanted at twenty at the night after twenty six or SmackDown of twenty six. Mm-hmm. So it's been like three years. He's been nowhere near the title since then. And then he like he gets hurt, he comes back, gets it really quickly. Then, like two days after he wins the opportunity, he gets pulled over and he gets uh ticketed for marijuana per, uh possession. Yep. And you just knew at that point that there was no way that any title change was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, when this marijuana thing came out, everyone knew it was like, oh, well, they have to do it because they've been doing it. You know, they've been advertising and building up. But everyone knew, like... Nope. Yeah, because like it was pretty much like directly after this match, he got suspended for 30 days or something like that. Yep. Um... I mean, it's just crazy to think of, like, what he is now. Yeah. He does so little. Yeah, I mean, he's a great MMA fighter. But on top of it, he does so little in AEW, but it feels like so much more impactful when he does do something. Well, the one thing that everybody has always said about Jack Swagger, why his world title run didn't work, is because they took the swagger away from him. Because if you look back at him when he was like ECW champion, he was awesome. Like, I love ECW champion Jack Swagger. He was great. He was cocky, arrogant, everything that lived up to that name. And then when he won the Money in the Bank briefcase and he ended up winning the world title, the very next the very next time you saw him, he was in a suit and he was doing the Chris Jericho face. Because everybody has to be like Chris Jericho now because that heel character works so, so well. well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you take you take what you take the the tools that this guy has and you strip them of him and then of course it's going to fall flat. Because the person who beat him for the title, Rey Mysterio, he didn't have to come out in a suit. He didn't have to stop doing all of his things that made make him Rey Mysterio. Or actually, well, Kane ended up winning the title directly after Rey Mysterio won it. And Kane didn't have to stop being Kane either. My point stands. Fair. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So let's get into this match. Rodrigo Ricardo, or sorry, Rodri- Ricardo Rodriguez does the biggest introduction of his life, and it was long as hell. I don't like that. I don't like face ADR. 
It's weird, and it feels fake because he's a, such a great heel. Mexican flag the uh, colored fireworks goes off above the arena. Sadly for Jack Swagger, he was busted for DUI and found to have marijuana on him in February. Short arm clothesline by Swagger, but ADR comes back with a crucifix pin. Attempt for a two. Swagger hits a Swagger bomb and kicks out a two. Back and forth with both men. A CCC chant breaks out as ADR calls for the cross arm breaker. But Swagger is able to pick up ADR and slam him to avoid the attempt. Swagger... I gave everybody the yes chant. It was so annoying. Everybody <laughs> had their version of the yes chant. Big Show, ADR. Big Show? <laughs> yeah, the Big Show went into the crowd at one point and started doing the yes, yes. And everybody did it because the chant was over. Oh, and then they were like, oh, Del Rio, we want you to be babyface. What are we going to do to make people like you? I know. Say C instead of yes. Jesus. It's like, I, like ADR as, as a baby face, you're right. It doesn't make any sense because like cocky, arrogant JBLS character. And all of a sudden he's just like, I have to fight for everything that I've ever gotten. I'm an underdog. And it's like, no, you're not. You've been telling us for two years now that you've been, that everything's your destiny. Like what happened to that person? You know, like it's like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's. I hate he. I hate babyface Del Rio. It just doesn't work. I mean, I don't like Del Rio just in general. I, I, I don't like. I think he's a, he's a talented wrestler, but like even as a heel, there was like something that was missing in his arsenal. Like he was a better heel as a than a babyface, but like his. There was something that was off about his like offense or something like that. There was just like everything was focused on the arm, which like is psychology. But I don't know. It just felt like there was there was like there was like some weird like no connection or something. There was always something that was like just slightly off about ADR for me that didn't connect. Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, I always thought he did a really good job being. A heel, but uh, I don't know. I guess. Well, I think his, his heel mannerisms are fine and and pretty good, but like is it was more like his offense or something like that. Like there was some weird because I mean when he was um, Dos Caras Junior, um, he didn't like his uh, his move set was quite a bit different. Like it was more suplex based, and then he came to the WWE, and all of a sudden he's doing more. Um, MMA and MMA inspired things with the cross arm breaker and things along those lines. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, Swagger tries for another Swagger bomb, but Del Rio catches him after some punches to the, and then he hits a backstabber. Del Rio then pulls out his best Brock Lesnar and hits a German suplex. Swagger then applies a Patriot lock, an ankle lock, and as ADR. Uh, is about to get to the ropes. He's pulled back to the center. But ADR is able to counter and applies a cross arm breaker. But Swagger is able to reapply the ankle lock. ADR then gets to the ropes. Uh, after some fighting on the outside, ADR is rolled into the ring. Uh, as soon as Swagger gets in, ADR applies the cross arm breaker. And Swagger taps out to retain the WWE Championship at 10 minutes and 30 seconds. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean the the biggest thing about this match that was um, that was interesting, at least for me, was that uh, the crowd really wasn't into this match. Uh, they were chanting "We want Ziggler" pretty much the entire time, which is hilarious. Right, because Dolph Ziggler is such a big heel, but yes. like everybody expected him to cash in at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship. And of course, as we know, that didn't end up happening. But the fact that, that they were like they were just like, We reject this match. We want we want this other person that we actually like to be here. Um was interesting. Um it We've been seeing in the last at least few WrestleManias uh, the crowd becoming more and more vocal, and that's going to be a big big factor in the coming time. So it's like an interesting thing to keep a note of. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you know, it's funny though. Uh, Jack Swagger, the American American, loses. What's the next thing that they show? American propaganda. It's shown talking about the National Guard and the WWE partnership. Yes. A promo package plays hyping up the match between CM Punk and The Undertaker. The real-life passing of Paul Bear was used to further the storyline. and had CM Punk mocking the death and using the urn as a puppet. Undertaker is going to kill CM Punk at WrestleMania. Great. We've already said our piece. <laughs> CM Punk yeah. versus The Undertaker. Living Color plays out CM Punk live on stage. For once, we get a great live performance from a band at WrestleMania. Well, because it's not Lemmy. That is true. <laughs> Imagine if it was Lemmy. <laughs> Lemmy doing Living Color. <laughs> but it's also in the melody of the game. <laughs> <laughs> or no, uh... Cult of Personality I, I, is a more fast song, so it, you probably would play it to uh, Ace, Ace of, of Spades. Spades. Yes. <laughs> oh man, Punk gets a loud mixed reaction after the hand uh, after the band finishes. I wrote hand finishes. Uh, after the band finishes, as Paul Heyman holds up the urn. Oh yeah, Paul Heyman was with uh, CM Punk still. Yes. The greatest, greatest, greatest pairing ever. Uh, it was, I it was enjoyed it. I enjoyed Paul Heyman with CM Punk. Oh no, I think it's great that uh, Paul Heyman and CM Punk were were um were together. There's like, um, I have a friend who uh, doesn't know anything about wrestling, but well, uh, still goes on to Tumblr mm -hmm. from time to time, and he will just send me gifts of wrestling. And nine times out of ten, it's uh gifts of. Paul Heyman doing an evil face while CM Punk is in the ring doing something dastardly. <laughs> so, uh, right away when the bell rings, uh, Undertaker goes after CM Punk. Punk slaps Taker across the face. A big boot from Undertaker stops Punk. He's thrown to the outside. The crowd is hot for the first time all night. Punk is then thrown into the timekeeper's area, and he's thrown into the Spanish announce table. Undertaker continues driving the back of Punk into the ring. There's a huge Undertaker CM Punk chant. And then this is awesome chant. Uh, t this is awesome to watch. For the first time, we get to hear the crowd. 
And they actually seem yes, to care about the match. Yes, it's because great. it's two people that they actually like yes. uh, fighting each other. Yes. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of talk around this time that like Undertaker should like drop the streak. And a lot of people were thinking that they wanted it to be CM Punk. But um, why? Again, it's like... I always like agreed. Like Dave Meltzer always said, like they should do it with someone to give them the rub. Yeah, I mean, I agree that it should be like, somebody CM that Punk they was already over. I don't understand why you'd want to give it to him, but I don't disagree. I remember every year, and that's where that's really what made the matches was. Right. Is this going to be the year? Is this going to be the year? So, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like. CM Punk, um, he was super over. That's true. He got over by himself. But I think the idea at least was that if CM Punk beats The Undertaker, then he has to be in the main event next year. True. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, because I think that's really ultimately what everybody wanted was CM Punk in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, that's what CM Punk wanted mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think... I think a lot of his fans also wanted that. And so they were trying to think of ways because I would think that the people who were fans of CM Punk were also the smarter fans, the smarts, yep. if we're going to use that term. And so they knew that CM Punk needed something in order to be seen as over enough to earn a, uh, main event slot at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. So I think that's ultimately why people were really pushing for him to beat Undertaker. But I agree with you. He didn't need to beat Undertaker. True. Undertaker hits a leg drop across the chest of Punk on the apron. Undertaker starts to walk. They're all for old school, but Punk turns into an arm drag. And then Punk takes over. Punk climbs the ropes with the Undertaker to booze. And see Punk hits the old school on the Undertaker. I thought that was hilarious. The crowd hated CM Punk for using his move. How dare you, CM Punk? Yeah, thief. Thief. Undertaker tries for a boot in the corner, but Punk dunks out of the way. Punk climbs to the top rope, hits an axe smash to the back of Undertaker on the floor. Punk goes for another old school, but Punk is then shows... Uh, he then showboats, and he is crouched on the top rope. Undertaker runs into a suicide dive, but Paul Heyman sacrifices himself and gets on the apron to stop Taker. This gives Punk the opportunity to attack Undertaker from behind. Punk hits a Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop and gets a near fall. Uh, Taker then hits a choke. What do you think of, uh, of Punk's elbow drop? I think it's stupendous. Uh, I think it looks great. I think it looks awful. What? Why? Yeah. It's just like he's trying. It's like he's trying to imitate Macho Man Randy Savage. I think that's the point. And, right? No, I know it's the point, but he's trying to do it, and he can't do it as well as Macho Man could, and so it doesn't look as good. But I would say, why do it like him and not beg say, "Hey, it's an homage." Right. Well, I think if he, I, I don't know. I think he should have done it like CM Punk instead of always trying to call back to Macho Man. That's just my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Undertaker hits a choke slam. Everyone thinks it's over, but Punk picks out at two. 
Now on the outside, Punk and Taker fight in front of the Spanish announce table that has now been cleared. Undertaker sets up Punk for the last ride. Punk is lifted up in the air, but Punk gets out and kicks, hits a kick on Taker, sending him on the table. Punk then climbs the top rope, calls for an elbow drop. Punk hits the elbow drop, but barely makes the table, and the table doesn't even break. So it, it sucked. Like, yeah. not not that it, it looked bad. It did kind of because the table didn't break, but it sucked for both Undertaker and CM Punk. CM Punk looked like he was in so much pain. Yeah, he probably smashed his ribs pretty good. And that, and yeah. then all that weight coming down on Undertaker must not have not felt good either. No. Undertaker is a, barely able to get in the ring on time, but does so at nine. If Undertaker was counted out, the streak would have been broken. Paul Heyman tells Punk, Do anything you have to do, he yells. <laughs> Punk crawls over to Taker. Taker applies the Hell's Gate to Punk. Undertaker goozles Punk, but then he tries for a GTS. But Undertaker gets out of that. He hits a tombstone pile driver for a near fall as the crowd bites hard. And again, they thought it was over. The Revenant is knocked out. Heyman distracts the Undertaker, which allows Punk to hit a running knee. But Undertaker picks up Punk for the last ride. But Punk has the urn and hits the Undertaker in the back of the head with it. He covers him. His arm is folded even. Undertaker kicks out the last possible second to the shock of Paul Heyman and CM Punk both. CM Punk then does a throat slash. He tries for a GTS. But Undertaker counters, then more counters, and then finally, Punk is lifted up. He hits a tombstone pile driver onto Punk, and Punk is pinned at 22 minutes and 7 seconds to remain undefeated at 21-0. and 0. This is the best match on the card. I'm just going to say that. Best match on the card. Um, most impactful, most... Uh, dramatic by two people who were I mean if you listen to Punk talk about this match because he's talked about it a couple times he says that he carried Undertaker in this match I'm sure if you asked Undertaker Undertaker probably has a different opinion of that but these guys were both still almost at the height of their games and they put on a fantastic show if there's one match to watch in this WrestleMania, it's this match. I agree. That was great. Awesome, very good match. The crowd tremendously helped this match, too. Yeah, totally. And then there was some backstage kerfuffle about this match that ended up on Total Divas, because Total Divas also started this year. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And <laughs> okay, so you're going to think that this is ridiculous, and it is. But at WrestleMania, between the Undertaker uh, CM Punk match and the Brock Lesnar Triple H match, there was supposed to be a um, intermediate like break match, which makes sense, right? Um, between these two, like, climactic battles. Mm -hmm. CM Punk and Undertaker went over their time, and so the match that was supposed to happen was 
Cody Rhodes, Damian Sandow, and the Bella Twins versus Lord Tensai, um, Brodus Clay, and the Funkadactyls. Oh, that, man, that's going to draw him money. And, on t- and so the backstage reaction was um, filmed for Total Divas and like Cameron and Naomi um, were big stars on, on that first season. And they were like, oh, is our match going to happen? Is our match going to happen? It's late. What's happening? And then there and then like Natalia walks up and it's like, you don't know your match got canceled. And then like Cameron is like, I'm going to go talk to Vince McMahon and get my match reinstated for after John Cena versus The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Was there dramatic music? I probably um, I don't remember, but <laughs> like, like just like totally fake storyline for total divas but the fact that they got somebody as ridiculous as cameron to then go i'm gonna talk to vince mcmahon and get my match reinstated for after the main event that's hilarious like people will really stay to watch that match like nothing against cody rhodes or damian sandow or um naomi or uh, or any of them really i mean cameron even showed up in AEW this year but um, that match wasn't going to like draw any seats, and nobody came specifically to see that match, unless it was like Naomi's, like their families came. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so this was CM Punk's last match for a WrestleMania match, I should say. Yes, it was his last WrestleMania match. All right. Um, and also, we should also say that CM Punk was actually hurt in this match. Um, if you look at his uh, elbow uh, that he did all those elbow drops with, it was highly taped up because he had been off television. Um, well, he hadn't wrestled on television in about a month because he had elbow surgery uh, right before this match happened. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so the CM Punk medical concerns, already a thing for uh this match yeah after the match Undertaker gets a huge fireworks display and he bows with the urn in hand another John Cena promo for the match next up oh, we get it this match is going to happen <laughs> yeah no shit it's like you have my money <laughs> fuck off WWE uh, next up is Triple H versus Brock Lesnar in a no-holds-barred match. With Triple H loses, his career is over. Whoa. So, yeah. Triple H has arm broken over and over and over again by Lesnar. Twice. And it was funny because they put little cracking sounds in the video. <laughs> right. So, like, on Raw, uh, Brock Lesnar put triple H in a Kimura and then just like moved his arm the way that his arm is supposed to bend. And it's like, Oh, my arm's broken. It looks really <laughs> fake. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had a match at SummerSlam where, uh, Brock Lesnar broke his arm again, doing the exact same move. <laughs> and we're getting over the Kimura lock as Brock Lesnar's new move, because you know, that's how he's going to become the next WWE champion. Yes. 
So I don't remember the last time Brock Lesnar did a Kimura lock in a match. It's been a while. <laughs> now he just suplexes everybody and yes, turns and, purple. And swears. Yes. And turns purple. He then F5'd Vince McMahon, and Triple H got so mad, he found his reason to go back to the ring. Uh, now he wants to fight Brock Lesnar uh, again. Don't make fun of the way he talks. Uh, it's a New England thing. Uh. Pretty sure it isn't. <laughs> Shawn Michaels comes out first in the corner of Triple H. He hits the whole WrestleMania entrance. Both men are on the outside pretty quick. I wonder the... how much John Michaels got paid for his uh, his being a uh, manager in this match. I'd probably say like ten grand. Oh no, he probably got like a hundred and fifty. No. Yeah. That's where CM Punk's money went to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, so they go in the crowd. Lesnar's clotheslined over the barricade. Brock grabs a chair, and every time he goes to use it, Triple H is able to block it or counter it. Lesnar's attempt. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck Triple H. The crowd is silent and doesn't seem to give a crap about this match. Brock gives Hunter an overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex on the floor. Lesnar then slams Triple H through the Spanish announce table, which had quickly been rebuilt, apparently. Or just never broke. And this is where we get the best moment of this entire yes. show. Because he Brock Lesnar goes over to the corner, and flexes roars. like like the like the Hulk, and and lets out this guttural scream. Oh, yes! He then hits another and overhead belly belly suplex. So high pitched it was. Roar. We we should like uh we should put it in. No, I'm not finding it. I'll find it for you. Good. Back in the ring, Triple H. Gets a move, but Brock Lesnar just overpowers Triple H. More suplexes as Heyman yells to stay down. Oh yeah, I completely forgot Heyman was also in the corner of Brock Lesnar. Yes. Pulling double duty. Yes. Give that man a big-ass check. He deserves it. Triple H just starts to make a comeback. Triple H is thrown over the corner. Turnbuckle to the outside. Lesnar... Uh, Lesnar, I, HBK, gives Triple H... Wait, what? The hell was I writing? <laughs> well, either way, Triple H gets the opportunity to hit a close line on Brock Lesnar. Lesnar's a close line in the timekeeper's area. Triple H grabs a steel chair. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Heyman then climbs to the uh, in. He grabs a chair, but HBA, HBK gives Heyman a switch in music. The crowd is cheering wildly. As Lesnar continues to yell in pain, Lesnar then starts to do a pickup, and then he starts to pick up. Oh yeah, Lesnar starts to pick up, and does does pick up Triple H, slams him into the steel steps to break the hold, because uh, he was in the Kimura or some bullshit. <laughs> Triple H then puts Lesnar's head uh, in the hole again. Triple H then slams him to the stairs for a third time. Lesnar just keeps, uh, Triple H just keeps putting Lesnar's head back into the Kimura lock. And the third time Triple H gets picked up, but Triple H is able to counter into a DDT. Lesnar's head thuds onto the steel ring st or steel steps. Triple H then clocks Lesnar with a sledgehammer. Triple H does a stupid pose randomly, picks up the Lesnar to do a pedigree under the steel steps. He hits it. He makes a cover. One, two, three. Triple H wins. 
Still gets to keep his damn career. 23 minutes and 58 seconds. I skipped most of this match. This match sucks. I'm so sick of Triple H. Every fucking match he's in is like 500 years. It's always the same bullshit of, I'm going to hit you and walk around the ring and I'll hit you again. Then you'll hit me and... It's psychology, Rob. Come on. It's bullshit, boring-ass crap. (laughs) Fuck, I'm so tired of Triple H. Okay, well, here. Let me... Let me uh, cheer you up with something. Okay. Okay, so... I have my own notes, but, like, I'm looking at something that has... Yeah, sorry, I just realized I took, like, five paragraphs worth of notes, and I'm like, this is way too fucking long. (laughs) But I also, like, have something that has, like, a rundown of the matches and stuff like that. Oh, go and for they it. Yeah, put... go ahead. And so they put in this thing. They put in a tweet from the Iron Sheik um, about this match. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Okay. okay, so the Iron Sheik about this match said, The Brock have the booger in the nose. Hashtag WrestleMania. Hell yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh the Brock have the booger in the nose. Four out of ten. I hope so. I don't know. Did that did that cheer you up about Triple H winning? Sure. <laughs> so, what did you think of the match? I know I skipped over a lot. I'm sorry. I just no, no, no. I it's mean, a I Triple think, H think... match with extra Camaro locks, and I mean they did a lot of they did a lot of fucking brawling and you know smoking smoking. You know, mirrors. mirrors yeah. To get this well, I think. Yeah. Well, I think. I think they kind of had to. Like uh, Triple H is one of those people that um, tr- always tries. And I, I know you're not going to believe me when I say this, but he always tries to have the best match on the show. That he's I, on. I, I I know, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he he does the job when he needs to do the job. He tries to put people over. I just. His matches at WrestleMania, especially, have just become yeah. so formulaic and just so unnecessarily long. I I agree. The thing I think is is that he is trying very hard to do things that he thinks he saw back in the seventies uh, and eighties with people like uh, uh, like we we know that Triple H is a huge fan of like. Uh, Harley Race and Arn Anderson and and those guys because he like incorporates some of their moves into his move set. Yep. And so he, so he's trying to emulate those people by doing these slow plotting matches. The but and trying to have psychology. But the problem is, is that <laughs> Triple H then also is like, but I have to win, and those guys always knew when to uh, lay down. And it often feels like Triple H, especially around this time, didn't know that. Later on uh, in in the WrestleMania timeline, Triple H will definitely start to put people over more. But, like, who are the two people? Even up to now, even up to now, though, he's got more loses than he does wins. Well, that's that's true, but like if we look at the people who Triple H has lost to at WrestleMania, it's like Undertaker, um, Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, like people who are already like established, more established, and like the probably the person who beat him that like 
could have uh, or or the person that we thought could have used the win over Triple H was Booker Sheamus, T. right? Or Sheamus too, and Booker or Booker T. T or Sheamus, and those guys didn't get it. And then also like Brock Lesnar, um, his first year back in the WWE in his first match, he lost to John Cena. In his second match, he beat Triple H, but in his third match, he lost to Triple H. So like Brock Lesnar as this big monster really isn't looking like a big monster because he keeps losing to Super Cena and and King H, you know. Yeah. So um I think that once we get to WrestleMania 30 and onwards, uh Triple H and the Triple H match there are some exceptions uh tends to be more of a about making a star i mean like then, uh, did he beat randy orton remember their match where he broke into his house and he beat randy orton at wrestlemania 25 so there's another fucking example of not being able to put over a young guy so like the two people that he did put over were john cena at wrestlemania 22 and ben uh, batista at WrestleMania yeah. 21, and also Benoit, but if we really think about it, Benoit had been around forever. Yeah, at that point, so like the two young guys that he put over were Batista and John Cena. Um, and if you ask Triple H, uh, he takes—I bet he would take a lot of credit for making them into big stars, especially Batista. Like it could be argued that, like by the time that he was facing John Cena, it, John Cena was already established, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, I, I hear you when you say like, I'm sick of these triple H matches. They're too long. Uh, they're, they're boring. Um, I see where he's coming from with his matches. They could be shorter. It just feels like anytime he's on the card, he's going to be a fucking glory hog and be like, I got to make all my matches really long just because it's my match. Even though it doesn't help anyway, there's no story reason. There's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean it's like WrestleMania. There and there's gotta be a long ass Triple H match. It just yeah, has to I be. mean there were a few matches that didn't happen at WrestleMania that I think that are that Triple H had um, in the last six years or so, seven eight years that have been pretty good. Like he had a really good match with Dean Ambrose uh, at the pay per view before. WrestleMania, uh, 32, mm-hmm. um, and all I, that's the only one that's really coming to mind. I, I, I think it depends on who he's working with. And oftentimes the person that he's working with doesn't know when to say no to what Triple H is asking to do. Nor can and they. So, that's the problem. That's your, I well, mean, they I, might not be able to either. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I mean, certainly that's, something. That's the boss's husband's. You know, that's Trim right. Stephanie McMahon's husband. You know, you don't say no to things like that. I mean, fair. Totally fair. You can't. I mean, that's just, it sucks. It's a shitty position to be in. And you would right. think, you know, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I'm just getting so tired of these matches. Like, I feel like the last yeah. good Triple H match was WrestleMania 17 with The Undertaker. Hmm. 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 And even then, maybe eh, could be negative. You know, 
I don't know. I remember liking like uh, one that we'll we'll see in a few years. Seth Seth Rollins match was okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm saying from up to this timeline, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, the WWE Hall of Fame promo package airs, and it's showing a roster of inductees this year. Fink introduces each person: Mick Foley, Booker T, Trish Stratus, Yay. Bob Buckland, or Backland. Excuse me. Yay. He goes crazy, yelling his, yelling and lifting his arms in the air. Well, because Bob Backlund is legitimately insane. I and he has been for years. Uh, next time I go up to Princeton, I will see if I can find his address and go try to meet him. It'd be kind of cool. Do an interview for the podcast. That'd be awesome, <laughs> dude. He grew up in my hometown. Like, yeah. why have we named like the high school after him? Because like, he's nothing... crazy. Who cares? He's awesome. Why is that name like, or a street or something? The Bob Buckland, back or Bob Bob Backland Memorial Arena. I don't know. The, I mean hell, there's an actually really interesting story, where a drug dealer, like renamed the the airport and stuff after himself. Mm-hmm. There was a drug dealer, who like started buying up things in the, and like buying stuff for the town. Um. And, like, he wanted to buy, like, the airport and just crazy shit. Basically, the ice rink that we have was bought with drug money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it just go Google Princeton, Minnesota, like, drug dealer. It's an interesting, it's a super interesting story. Oh. It's interesting as fuck. And it kind of, like, funny because it was done in, like, the 80s where it's, like, you would think you'd be able to, like, put two and two together. Yeah. But uh, anyway, moving on. Donald Trump, who gets booed for Sifflessly. And then Bruno Sammartino, who was your headliner for years, who fought being inducted. Well, yeah. And it was actually Triple H who exactly. got him to agree to being uh, uh, inducted. I, You know what? Um, I guess, like, Triple H is, like, a really good businessman because, like... Um, oh, he did the Ultimate Warrior one, too. He did the Ultimate Warrior one. And then, like, Nick and Matt Jackson recently did an interview where they were, like, right before AEW was starting, they were in talks with coming to WWE. And then, like, at the start of every call, uh, Matt would be like, yeah, so Hunter, like, um, we're going to have to say no to this offer. And then they'd be on the phone for an hour, and then Triple H would somehow get them to agree to have another call in, like, two weeks crazy yeah crazy um yeah i mean no i definitely think he's a good businessman and like obviously does a lot of good stuff especially now but i mean that's a problem like we were just saying like he's obviously more than just your wrestler even at this time so but okay. all right Can are you are you this? ready are you ready Sure. Have you, have you prepared yourself? Yes. WWE Championship match. John Cena versus the champion, The Rock. After okay. Rock. Can we pause for just one second? Uh, yeah, one second here. One second. All right. Uh, so, you're ready. John Cena versus The Rock. After Rock's entrance, which rivals The Undertaker in length, 
and the introductions and such, the bell finally rings, and the crowd is hot again. Rock even announces, uh, what, what, heck? Even the announcers actually don't sound bored anymore. Uh, Cena gets in the early shoulder block on Rock. Rock eventually hits his own. Whole lot of stare downs, just pacing around the ring. Cena then is hip tossed, but he rolls out of the ring for a breather. Rock isn't put into a sleeper hold. Rock into Samoan drop. Cena can't capitalize. Um, Cena then hits a Fisher, Fisher suplex, but he gets a two count. Rock applies a shitty sharpshooter in the middle of the ring. Oh, I hate the Rock sharpshooter. so much. I know he's uh, doing it as a like a tribute to Owen Hart. Like I think it's nice that he that he finally remembers Owen Hart so much that he took his move. But he needs to stop doing it. The problem is, nobody thinks of Owen Hart. They always think of Bret Hart. Well, right. But what was Owen Hart's finishing maneuver? It was the sharpshooter. So how else are you going to pay tribute to Owen Hart? Because essentially, Owen Hart's moveset was Bret Hart's moveset with some extra, like, flash because Owen Hart was ten times better than Bret Hart. Oh, burn. (laughs) I'm sorry, Bret Hart's very boring. Ah, oh, burn twice. I know you agree with me. I, I do. <laughs> Rock goes for a cross body block, but Cena catches him. But the Rock is able to get out and hit a rock bottom for a two count on Cena. Cena then is laid out in the middle of the ring. The Rock sets up for the people's elbow again and does a you can't see me mocking Cena. But Cena gets up and hits an AA on the Rock. But the Rock is able to kick out of it at two. Cena is able to get back to his feet, and both men uh, were on the ground for a bit. They both get back up. Uh, things happen. John Cena hits a slam. He looks at his hand to do as he does a you can't see me, but smiles. Then starts to do the people's elbow again, just like last year. But The Rock gets up, but Cena stops him and says, you can't see me. And... All the cocky setups for the AA, but Rock gets out, hits another rock bottom, but can only get a two count on on John Cena. I think it was during this second or the second or third rock bottom that Rock actually tears his pectoral muscle right off the bone. Yep, I got some notes about that. Okay. Again, Cena is set up, but they both reverse their moves over and over and over again. Finally, Rock gets a DDT. And Cena doesn't go for the cover. He ch- Wait, what? Finally, Rock hits a DDT on Cena. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I was reading it. I was like, wait, did John Cena hit this DDT? No. Uh, he doesn't go for the cover. He just stands there waiting for Cena to get up, stalking him. And Cena takes a million years to get up. And then again, picks up Rock, hits an AA, and gets a pinfall out of nowhere at 23 minutes and 59 seconds to win his 11th WWE Championship. Oh, and he's going to get, like, five more. Hell yes. Ugh. So Cena wins. He can go undivorce his wife now. He can be a man. I don't think, that, I don't think that's how that works, Rob. I think it does. <laughs> I think there's a clause that says if you win the WWE Championship, you need to undivorce your wife. You get your divorce annulled? Yes. Everything goes back to normal. So but yeah, but he didn't do, end up doing that. <laughs> no, he didn't. As we'll see in another WrestleMania. 
That's true. John Cena's a fucking liar, is what he is. Now, well, yes, very <laughs> so. So WrestleMania twenty nine. Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that now John Cena makes his living by doing Experian commercials where he and where he rides on screen on a giant CG purple cow. Yes. Or no, I always hear him in the uh, the 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 car commercials. Oh, or, or or hefty. He does hefty too. That too. Yeah. And also, he's the voice of the elephant in those pistachio commercials. He is. Yeah. John Cena, pitch man. Yes. Not so much a movie star, although he he's is going to be there. in the new Suicide he's, he's going to be in the new Suicide Squad movie. Dang. And he's in the the new Fast and Furious. Fast and oh, yeah, Furious 18 also, or whatever. Yeah. And isn't Roman Reigns in that one too? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. WrestleMania 29 was full of injuries. Uh, Rock tore his abdominal muscle from his abductor muscle. Oh, and his abductor muscle off his pelvis during the match. Mm. Triple H received second degree burns from a dry ice during his entrance. And it, oh yeah, and I remember everybody was like making fun of him because he had this white stuff all over his belly, and they were just like, "Huh, oh, that looks really stupid." And then like he like brushed it away, and you could see these deep purple marks into his skin. Oof. I mean, don't worry. I, I that's where I feel bad, like talking shit now. But still, the match sucked. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, good for him. I mean, at the end of the day, he got it through it. I couldn't yeah. fucking do it. Freaking touch it and be like, ah! <laughs> uh, CM Punk had an MRI on his knee, and Del Rio was knocked out during his match. So, the next night on Raw was super memorable, as Fandangoing became the hot thing where fans would hum or sing Fandango's theme music. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yes. Big Show and Randy Orton were booed out of the building by the fans, and Dolph Ziggler would go on to capture his one and only World Heavyweight Championship. I'm sorry, Rob, that's not true. He has two. He does? Yes, he was awarded the World Heavyweight Championship about a year prior to this by Vicky Guerrero, but lost it back to Edge. Oh, I have no recollection. In the same night, so it was like a one-day reign. Ooh. It was on an episode of SmackDown. So he had it longer. He didn't have as long as... Kane had it longer. Kane did have it longer, yes. 24 hours. Okay, well, I'm wrong on that. Uh, he was then vacated leaks later due, due to a concussion from Alberto Del Rio. Oh, I actually... I, I thought... He, I thought... Um, Dolph on the Art of Wrestling podcast said that it was actually Jack Swagger who accidentally kicked him in the head in, a, in a, like a house show match. It was one of them, but what yeah. ended up happening was it wasn't that bad, apparently, and apparently he mm. didn't have to drop it, but I don't remember. I remember it was very scary for him out yeah. like after, when it initially happened because he kept crying and he didn't know why. He, I remember him talking about that, but oh, then... Jesus. Yeah, like it, it, like initially it was pretty scary, and so they the back got panicked. But by the time it was time to um, 
defended, he was perfectly fine. So, yeah. Since then, Ziggler has not been handed the title since, and has really fell down the card, just being a go-to wrestler with a start and stop push, and stupid storylines such as him quitting, and then returning with no entrance music, just to record uh, just a record scratch uh, sound effect after a few seconds. Yes, I remember that. But now he's in a tag team with Bobby Roode, and they're doing okay. I don't watch, so I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch either. That's what just what I've been told. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I still remember that night of just watching that segment where he comes in, the crowd just going absolutely ballistic for him. Um, yeah, and then there was some fan footage or something that was released afterwards where, like, John Cena came out after the show and, like, thank the crowd for their reaction to Dolph. He said, you just made that kid's whole entire life. Which I thought was, like, super classy. I guess. I, I don't think you should have to fucking, like, pander the crowd and be like, oh, thanks for doing that. No, they were generally happy. That means you did your job, WWE. No. We as fans could just suspend our disbelief and be happy and get something that we've been wanting and see someone that we care for and know how hard they've worked actually win the big one. But I also think that, like, John Cena going out and thanking the crowd for doing that shows how much people backstage like Dolph. Oh, no, fair. But I just think it's stupid that, like, he even has to go out there and say it. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Well, I think it was just, like, an after, like, after Raw went off. Oh, no, no, I I get it. I just still. He always jaw jacks and stuff like that. Sometimes he drops major, like, world news. <laughs> uh, the stock market, the stonks are down. No, I was just more, like, referring to oh, the fact I know, that I know. told the crowd that they killed Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> I know, I know. I knew exactly where you were going. Uh, we got him. He's dead. He died. He had anime on his computer. <laughs> Osama, we Bin Laden. You know, he was just—he was—he was too busy watching *Record of Lotus War*. We got him. Yes. Damn it! Another one. Wait, should I go burn that copy of? I have that show on my brief on my bookshelf. I think I what, should probably record go burn. *Record of Lotus War*. Yes. No, that's a really good show. I probably should go burn it. It's anti-American. No, it's it's perfectly American. It's based off *Dungeons and Dragons*. You can't get more American than that. <laughs> Are you ready for the star ratings? What did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say? All right. So the pre-card, the pre-show match. Oh, what was the pre-show match? Wade Barrett versus Miz. Hmm. 1.25 stars. One and a quarter. I mean, we didn't watch it, so I I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'll take his word for it. (laughs) Tag team match. Six man. Two and a half stars. I mean, I think that's fair. It was pretty short, so. Yeah. Mark Henry versus Ryback. What do you think? Uh, Negative one. Half a star. Damn. Daniel Bryan and Kane versus Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston. Two and a quarter stars. I was just going to say straight up two stars, but yeah, that makes sense. Fandango versus Chris Jericho. What do you think? One and a half. 
Wow. Really? Yeah. Three stars. Ooh. ADR versus Jack Swagger. Two and three quarter. You are correct. Okay. Undertaker versus CM Punk. Four and a half. You are correct. Yes. Triple H versus Brock Lesnar. Three and a half. Two and a half. Oh, okay. And finally, The Rock versus John Cena. Two and three quarter star. Three and a half. Oh. Ooh. See, that sharpshooter automatically is negative two stars, <laughs> so they have to work really hard. <laughs> Imagine if it was in the in the Tokyo Dome, though. Mm-mm. Five star match. Probably yes. five and a half star. He would have broken the scale. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, John Cena versus The Rock in the Tokyo Dome would have been in the first eight star match. <laughs> it would have it would have broken the Kenny Omega scale. Yes. And besides, these guys haven't wrestled in North Carolina yet. Mm, true. I got to see that North Carolina match because I was there. All right. Wow, I just blew out the shit out of uh, my levels. Whoops. <laughs> Yelling that all right, just uh. All right. All right, brother. All right, brother, brother, brother. That I is it that. for WrestleMania 29. Do you have any parting words or any anything we should know about WrestleMania 29? I, I think we we really covered it. Um, I, I've tried to indis, intersperse a lot of this uh, back discussion in into the matches this time around. I hope that was okay. No, that's um, fine. That's good because at the end of the day, like, we got to know what's going on. Right. And I would guarantee so I you a lot that, of our listeners are probably in the same boat we are. We're like, right. shit, I don't remember what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, more more information, the better. Yeah. So, like, ultimately, like, uh, we, we we covered the Raw afterwards. Like, it was an okay show. I remember this show more fondly than I probably, it probably deserves because, like, a lot of, like, really good things were happening in my life at the time. But, like, um, I think... Really, you only have to watch one match. Uh, CM Punk versus The Undertaker, and then look up that clip of Brock Lesnar doing his Hulk scream. Yes. Um, and then also watch it uh, slow down to 0.5 speed, because you can really see uh, Brock's jowls twing back and forth as he's screaming. Good God. <laughs> what about you, Rob? I got nothing more. All right, right. everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Reviewamania.com. There you'll find all our past reviews of WrestleManias. You'll find our two attempted reviews at AEW Dynamite. I thought it was three. Or three, whatever. I think it was three. And then I just released a ECW TV number one. I was not there for that. You were not. You were dealing with 2020 problems. Yes. But uh, I think I want to continue watching a little bit more just to kind of figure out what happens in the tournament. And I want mm. to see I want to see a a wetsuit cladded surfboard wielding sandman. 
really like all he does is just hold up the belt and go, yeah. Well, I have to see this with my own eyes <laughs> because this is not the Sandman I know and love. No, it, it's not Enter Sandman, Sandman. It's, it's not, not Beard, beard drinking, drinking Sandman. 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 Yeah. This was ultra babyface. Why the fuck are you working in a in a wetsuit which cannot excrete sweat or any kind of bodily fluid? Holy because shit, this guy's going to be hot. He's a surfer in Pennsylvania, okay? Yes, because that ocean is just so well known. Better watch out for those sharks in Pennsylvania. Well, listen, you can you can surf in Lake Erie. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like, um, yeah, no, like he's not even he's not even vice documentary talking about New Jack Sandman Sandman, which is like my favorite Sandman. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you much for listening. Have a good one. Stay WrestleMania safe. 30 next time. The Daniel Bryan Mania. Yes. Yes, Mania. Yes.